the sounds of nuisance here on the Anti-Static Podcast, made possible to you and for you by WFMU.org, uh, a group that I think I've played uh, once before here on this uh, on this program, and I think the uh, the previous time that I played one of their songs, uh, it was yet another of their slow sort of late night jams, and uh, you know don't be fooled into thinking that this band doesn't have a full arsenal of uh, you know sort of fully loaded rockers at their disposal as well. Uh, the song was, we heard was called Harvest Time, and it's from a single on the very small record label from probably sometime around 1991. I can flip it over here, open here, and as usual, find no useful information whatsoever as to when it was recorded. But it was the B-side to the single um, called The Rut, once again, uh, on the very small record label uh, out of Emeryville, California. The band was from Santa Rosa, which I believe is north of Emeryville, but I don't really know anything about California other than the fact that I've been there three or four times. Before that, music from a group called Sevens, who uh, very much an East Coast kind of thing, um, a Washington, D.C. supergroup of sorts uh, featuring uh, members of uh, bands, uh, I don't know, as various as Fugazi and Soulside and Kingface. You got Mark Sullivan, Josh LaRue, Joe Lally, and uh, Brendan Canty, and Bobby Sullivan, actually, uh, on percussion and vocals there. A song from, uh, I think, their debut single, which was on the Talada label and was called Hammer. And uh, I've been promising uh, all year that this program would, at one point or another, um, you know, feature guest commentary from uh, some, you know, other, you know, kind of uh, 1990s uh, indie rock luminaries, uh, you know, many of them whom I, um, you know, cross paths with. Uh, and this week I am delighted uh, to introduce um, just such a person, uh, my wife, Alex. Say hello, please. Yeah, hello. A little closer to the mic. Yes, hello. Oh, get right in there. Come on, don't be shy. Hello. Actually, is your mic on? Let's try this one. <laughs> try again. Hello. No. Maybe you're on mic three. One more time. Am I over here? Maybe you just have no... Uh, <laughs> just I'm going to just pot everything all the way up and just <laughs> yell. Hey there. Okay, that's a little bit better. Um, in or the, uh, I'm, I'm curious, since this is a, uh, a podcast that focuses on, uh, on seven-inch singles, um, what was the first single that you bought? Do you remember? Uh, Mine was Billy Squire. The first one that I bought, actually, was probably something like, I don't know, Naked Eye. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, was that? Oh, yeah, Naked Eyes, right? Was yeah. they, were they the always something there to yeah, remind me about? Yeah, I believe that's what it was. Uh-huh. Right, 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 right. That's a good one. And, and what else? Did well, you the have... first one that I ever owned, though, was um, Band on the Run. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. That's like that OG and... compared to Naked Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my first one and the second one I had was Elton John's... Crocodile Rock, I think. Oh, another classic, another timeless, uh, uh, timeless one for the ages there. Uh, and do you still have them? Because I've noticed that they're not in our home now. <laughs> I think I destroyed those a long time ago. Really? Okay. Uh, curious to find it because they have a way of I don't know. I think a lot of people find some weird emotional attachment to 45s because they usually have you know if you were buying you know pop singles anyway in the 80s and 90s they had a, a picture sleeve you know which was not always the case with the older ones so it was kind of like buying a little work of art for $1.49 down at the Sam Goody? Yeah, pretty where, much. Where did you buy them? Uh, probably at a Sam Goody in the mall that I can remember. Right. Might have even been at like a Pick and Save or a Kmart. <laughs> What's Pick and Save? Oh, that was a, that was a uh, store that we had down in the South. Oh. It's uh, kind of like a Kmart, but worse. <laughs> and that's kind of the beautiful thing about the, at least what that I remember anyway about growing up, is that records were sold in really weird places in, oh, yeah. in the 70s and early 80s. Uh, and and you know well before that too there was a, I remember there were uh, there were records at the Home and Garden Store, 
which was near where I grew up. And uh, the first record I ever bought was actually uh, in Princeton. Uh, and it was at a place called the Pants Saloon. <laughs> and they sold pants there. <laughs> An entire store de- de- dedicated to pants? Yes, it was uh, It was pants and records only. <laughs> and, and later they, they took a weird turn into skateboards. And so people, I should do. Yeah, people buying pants and skateboards and records at the Pants Saloon. Uh, but anyway, uh, never mind about that now. So you've destroyed all your 45s, but as you are painfully aware... I haven't destroyed all of them. They're just not in our house. I think they're probably lost, lost in the garage someplace. You still have crap at your mom's house? Oh, God, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> well, as uh, as Alex is painfully aware, I have all of mine with me, <laughs> and they're taking up a large chunk of space. In, we have uh, a music room. We do. We never set out to, but we do now. Um, so, uh, well, thank you for enduring this. And I know you're often scratching your head, wondering just what in the hell it is that I'm doing late at night down in the music room. <laughs> um, you know, pulling a closet apart and digging through boxes of 45s. It's so that we can put together the anti-static podcast, as the people have uh, demanded. Answer to the people. I can tell that you're thrilled to be a part of it. (laughs) No (laughs) doubt. Um, This is, if you haven't figured it out, the the podcast where we take a look back on some uh, kind of forgotten singles from the independent singles explosion of the 1990s that I was, uh, I don't know, fortunate enough to or cursed with being uh, witness to. And as a result of all that, um, I went to a lot of shows and I spent a lot of money on these freaking things. And uh, it is fun to kind of rifle back through them uh, years later. So that's what we do here. We do three a week and we usually wrap it up in about 15 minutes. And we're already at 16 minutes and 12 seconds. So it's time to get on with it, play the last song and get out of here. I want to thank you, dear, for uh, coming down tonight and being a part of this. Oh, you're welcome. You have a net, you have a voice made for <laughs> internet radio. We gotta get you to do a tape for Brian. Okay, uh, see you next time on Anti-Static. We're gonna leave you with a song from the Grifters. Actually, you'll probably like this one. You didn't really like the other two, did you? No, I kind of liked that second one a lot. You like Nuisance, but you didn't like Sevens. I liked Sevens after a while. Right. The heavy bass and the bongos. I really wanted to like more, but the voices on both of the songs, I just not as melodic as I like. Wasn't doing it for you. Okay. Well, the Grifters. We will see uh, how this appeals to you. Um, here's a record that I bought for a dollar. And uh, let's see if it sounds like it's worth more than that. Once again, Anti-Static uh, is the podcast. My name is Michael Pika. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking this out. This is The Grifters. The song's called Soda Pop. We'll see you next week. Bye.